Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Good morning. It's Wednesday, October 4th, five minutes after 11. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Big doings in D.C. yesterday. Eight Republicans teamed up with Democrats and they ousted Kevin McCarthy as Speaker of the House. And for at least a week, there's a bit of a vacuum at the top of the United States government. The Speaker runs the chamber, also second in line for the presidency. Uh, Names are already being tossed around. I've heard that Hakeem Jeffries from the Democrat Party is interested in the gig. Uh, Brian Donalds has also stepped up. And many people are already saying, how about Donald Trump? Well, I mean, I guess it depends on what sort of government do you want. And I think the Republicans made very clear yesterday that they want, I mean, I'm going based off of the uh, just uh, very, very uh, just animated, uh, passionate, um, just hardcore responses, uh, people who are very mad about losing Kevin McCarthy, that they want the status quo. The, the Republican Party is the party of the status quo. They're very angry that the guy who was about not changing anything is no longer able to be there to not change mm-hmm. anything. Yeah. And so... Uh, Think about it. So remember when they cut the debt ceiling deal and they were like, well, the debt ceiling deal is fine because it's the penny plan, which means if we don't pass these things by next year, everything gets cut by 1%. We have to pass them or nothing ever gets cut by 1% or cut by anything. And look at what. Not that even not that one percent would even make a difference, Casey. I mean, like they like look at what we did. We cut the we cut by one percent. Mm-hmm. But they never even do that. They're so mad that the guy who didn't cut anything isn't there anymore. So you think they're gonna let some actual conservative who doesn't play ball get in that position? You're dreaming. So if you think that Matt Gates upset the apple cart. Can you imagine, though, if Donald Trump became Speaker of the House? I think that'd be a disaster because Donald Trump has done nothing that would show he is about limited government or accountable government or that he uh, is willing to fight for those things. Uh, I think at least as president, it's somewhat of a bully pulpit and you're somewhat you're there's somewhat you're somewhat reined in by the Congress. But put a guy in a position where he actually controls the purse himself. Mm-hmm. Donald Trump is not a person I would want in charge of the federal budget. Well, as we've said many times throughout the show, that leadership is the person who sets the agenda. And many people feel that Donald Trump would be good at setting the agenda. Maybe not executing it, but setting it. I mean, we heard Hammer talk about how he thinks Donald Trump would be strong on the border. Yeah, but but Trump came out and just said yesterday that he likes McCarthy because McCarthy said nice things about him. Like that's what we're dealing with here. Uh, it's like that is how the guy operates. Did you say something nice about me? I don't want that person in charge of 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 the country and and the and the budget. I, Casey, I want someone who is going to solve the spending issue. I want someone who's going to live their life the way I have to live mine as a taxpayer, which is. I have to pay my mortgage every single month. And you know what? If I don't have enough money to pay my mortgage, i got to not buy something else. I've got to pay gas to be put in my car to come to work. You know what? If I don't have enough money for that, 
I've got to either go work a second job or I've got to cut my spending somewhere else. I have a baby now. I've had to change expenses because, did you know babies are expensive, Casey? (laughs) Oh, yeah, I know that. The point is, I made these choices, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I made a choice to buy a house. I made a choice to have a child. I made a choice to come to this job. And as such, these are my priorities. And so if the priorities can't be funded, then I have to cut from somewhere else. I don't just get to turn on a magical money printing factory. Don't you think it'd be interesting? uh, We're talking about the fiscal responsibility and people are talking about putting a billionaire in as the guy in charge well, of the money. Look, I mean, if it, right? I kind of feel the same way I do about, about the him running for president. If we're going to freely admit this is a giant glorified reality show and we're just here to be entertained, then okay, at least I know that going in that, that we're not actually serious about ever fixing the country or solving the issues. Okay, if that's our, if that's our standard, then yeah, put Trump in there because he will by far be the most entertaining. But as someone who cares deeply about the country, if you're going to tell me, Rob, you have the option of having someone in there who actually has a track record and will cut spending and will will limit government and will get rid of waste, fraud and abuse and will actually work towards a balanced budget the same way I have to do that, Mm -hmm. then I will choose that person every single time. Now, my option is some establishment Republican or Trump, then I guess I'll take Trump because it'll be more entertaining. Okay, Alex Jones agrees that Trump should be the guy. You can nominate somebody that's not in Congress. So under the Constitution, Donald Trump should be nominated as a litmus test on these Republicans with all the fake charges and all the fake trials. How awesome would it be to make Donald Trump Speaker of the House? I, I, okay. He's looking to be entertained. Well, right. And and we look, we, we both love Alex Jones and think he's wholly ridiculous at the same time because he's very quotable and interesting. And but I mean. It's Alex Jones. However, he's right. And that's what he said, which is interesting. Is it a limit not, test. It does not have to be the speaker. The speaker does not have to be a member of the House of Representatives. Mm-hmm. I had said yesterday, if we can agree that federal spend, it, like, I, I'm not sure we can. I mean, obviously, clearly the Republicans can't. They don't see any problem with the spending and what's going on, which is why they love McCarthy. But if we could have some sort of consensus that federal spending is indeed the biggest problem facing this nation and getting that under control is the most important thing we're here to do, then I think you have a much wider pool of people from which to choose. I think someone like Justin Amash, who hates all of these people, is super interesting. He's a former Republican uh, congressman from Michigan who's now an independent. Super interesting. I even think, Casey, if we could agree that federal spending is the primary issue depending on what he would be willing to agree to to secure that happens. I think even someone like Mitch Daniels is interesting. I'm not saying I would support him mm. because I would I would want to know what the plan is walking in and what Mitch Daniels is going to guarantee that happens. But nobody's talked more about out of control. Say whatever you want about Mitch Daniels. And there's a lot of things with Mitch Daniels I disagree with. He has been dogged over the past 20 years that federal spending is the issue. I am looking for the next Speaker of the House to be someone who will say you are right and we we will fight and we will shut the government down if we have to to get the federal spending under control. Is that Mitch Daniels? I don't know. But there's been nobody over the past 20 years who has consistently mm-hmm. more talked about federal spending right, than him. Now, is he willing to shut the government down? If the answer is no, then, then that's a non-starter because you have to be, you will have to shut the federal government down to solve this issue. That is, 
I'm te- I am telling you right now, you can't see me because my camera doesn't work, but I'm telling you right now, whoever the next speaker is, if they are mm-hmm. not willing to shut the federal government down, then they're they're not going to solve the then issue. Then it's a pass yeah. for you. All right. Well, Donald Trump, he did confirm from the New York courthouse. He was outside when they were on a break. He has been asked about becoming the House Speaker. He said he would do it. not great because he, it just happened but he said his focus is on the election but if he can help during during the process he would do it okay so oh, let's just play this out they're not going to pick donald trump they're not going to let donald trump be the speaker he's too low inside that party it's not going to happen but let's just let's just us just us gals sitting mm-hmm. here talking so let's let's play this out if they came to you came to you and said casey trump will get to be speaker but ron DeSantis will be the nominee for president mm. Like, I'm going to guarantee you, mm-hmm. I, and I, you, of course, obviously couldn't do that. But if they said Trump will now no longer be able to run for pre- let's do that because you could do that. Trump will no longer run for president. He will mm-hmm. concede he will not be the Republican nominee for president. He gets to be Speaker of the House. Are you taking that deal? No. I don't th- The two can't work together. With Trump, it's all about loyalty. Yeah, that's interesting. Almost in... I think that's a yeah. You're right, right? You're you're totally right. He could not be now the job. Now, okay. I guess the pushback on that is the job of the House is not to be subservient to the president of the same party. It always is, but it's supposed to be a pushback. Mm-hmm. Now, is your argument though he would demand that the president agree to whatever he wants? Yes. Okay. All right. I see yeah. what you're saying. So he would demand the same level of subservience, yes. even if he's Speaker of the House. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Did you see that he's no longer on Forbes's uh, top 400 annual ranking of America's wealthiest individuals? By the way, Trump is. Is, is there a is there a uh, like is the list out? Is there a list? Yeah. That shows, yeah. They, it, they do a list of the top. 400 every year does it and i'm curious i'm asking you this on the spot so if you can't if you don't know it's fine is there a a, a, a do they give the actual wealth yes the they people? do it, do you know what number 400 is i'm super oh, curious gosh. to see what the what the what it takes to be one of the 400 wealthiest people in <laughs> is this america this is in america mm-hmm. uh, i'm trying to see if i can find it the whole list i don't have the whole list okay. in front of me rob but i will tell you that trump's net worth is 2.6 bill Okay, so two, okay, that's perfect. So two point six billion mm-hmm. did not make it into the top. Correct. Don't you remember? Gro- and you're a little more seasoned than me, but don't you remember growing up and a, being a millionaire? And Kev would be perfect for this too, because Kev is much younger than both of us. Being a millionaire was like a huge deal. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, so and so is a millionaire. Wow, they sounded must, like a whole lot of money, didn't it? That doesn't even sound like a lot of money to me anymore. Kev, do you remember that? Like when you, when you were a kid, was being a millionaire a big deal? Yeah, I just remember the game show. Who wants to be who, a millionaire? Right, who yeah. wants to be a millionaire? Remember that dude won, and it got out that he won, and ever it like set huge ratings because everybody knew the guy had won, and they wanted to see how he did it. Mm-hmm. You're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that solved all the world's problems. Yeah, you became a millionaire. <laughs> and, and Definitely solve your own problems. Yeah. It's not Some even of a, them, right? Be, being a millionaire is not even a big deal anymore. Uh, so the richest person in America, by the way. Got a guess? Elon, is it Elon Musk? It is Elon Musk. Yeah. Two hundred and fifty-one billion wow. dollars. It's Kendall and Casey. It's ninety-three WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob two hundred milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. <laughs> long. 
That is the most perfect clip for our entire Long show today, Casey. Gates Palooza continues on. I mean, is that not? That, that clip is from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And, of course, they're being ridiculous about something. But given what's happening in the nation right now, it it's right. Mm-hmm. Those those weirdos are completely accurate in terms of what politics is and the Republicans and the Democrats. And look at the the whining and the moaning and the bitching and the complaining and the name calling from the Republicans today over the fact that their little establishment toady, Kevin McCarthy, doesn't get to call the shots anymore. Is there any difference? The always sunny people are completely right. And that's the condition of the country. <laughs> it is 19 after 11. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So who could replace McCarthy as speaker? Right now, on a temporary basis, it's Patrick McHenry. You love this guy. From North Carolina. You love his bow tie. Uh, he's He's got the pink bow tie and he breaks the gavel, right? Or at least he tried to break the gavel. <laughs> Do you think he was trying to break it? He was just show, trying to show his anger. And isn't that something, how angry he was about losing the speaker? If maybe a little bit of that emotion had been directed to helping the American people, they still would have had Kevin McCarthy as the speaker. Well, you know, there's a famous episode of South Park where Cartman goes around saying, respect my authority. Right. And that is who this guy is, except he had a bow tie on so he could accept, respect my Thora bow tie. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's all pathetic. They're angry. They're mad. They lashing out like little kids because they didn't get their way because for once they got held accountable. And instead of, you know, you would think that these people would do a little self-reflection after yesterday and go, wait a second. Why does Matt Gates feel the way he does? Why did he do the thing he did? Did he act inside the parameters of the agreement McCarthy made. Clearly he did. And let's take a little self-reflection on how many people out there does Matt Gates represent? Well, we hear from people in, in our little neck of the woods right here. Now, is it every person? No. But I think it's safe to say, Casey, the overwhelming correspondence we have had with people who listen to this radio station, again, not every person, but the overwhelming correspondence have said, good job, Matt Gates. Thanks for standing up for us because the Republicans never do stand up for us. But they don't do that, Casey. From Office Hopper, Aaron Houchin or Bouchon or Pence or any of the rest of these people, it's, oh, Matt Gates is the bad guy because he t- he held Kevin McCarthy to his word. Okay, so Kevin, let's hear the gavel heard round the world. Chair declares the House in recess, subject to the call of the chair. Okay, so that was Patrick McHenry. Yeah. And he's telling everybody to go home. They're gone for a week now. Next Wednesday, they're going to start the process again. He actually doesn't have the power to run the chamber. He can exercise some authority, but apparently he can't bring legislation to the floor as the interim speaker. Okay, so two things. One, they have shown you how unserious this all is by the fact that their immediate response is not, we must get this resolved and everyone stay. Mm -hmm. It's, we'll see you next Wednesday and we'll figure it out then. So that's number one. Number two... What if we just didn't have a House of Representatives for a while? What? what why don't we see? What why can- don't we see how the country changes if there just isn't a functioning House of Representatives? I, it couldn't be any worse. Well, you'd completely I mean, be changing the Constitution. No, 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 no. I'm saying, like, what if they just nothing was passed? If we don't have a functioning House, we don't get anything passed. You've got 45 days. They've already given right. 45 days. 
So that's the CR what, going. This is why they're showing you how unserious the whole thing is. They're going on vacation. They're saying, "Can you quit, Casey? If you just didn't show up to this job for a week, what would happen?" You'd be doing the show alone. Yeah, but what would happen or, to or, you? What would I'm happen out. to me? Yeah, I'm out. You're out. You're like, like if you just said, I, "I'm not coming for a week." I'd probably be less stressed. <laughs> <laughs> but in terms of your employment here, if you just, mm-hmm. I mean, not without notice or anything, I'm just not coming back for a week. Oh, well, I think after three days, they would say it's job abandonment. Yes, exactly. Thank you. But with these guys, hey, we're going to leave for a week, but there's no one running the house. No, nah, it doesn't matter. We're leaving for for a week. Yeah. Again, they're leaving without a speaker, but they're going to look at you and tell you Matt Gates is the problem. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of people are saying that Matt Gates is just doing this for show. It's all political theater. It's all because he wants to be governor of Florida. <laughs> Look, Matt Gates is a showman, but I don't care why he's doing it, Casey. You know what I care about? That somebody held the Republicans accountable for their actions. People are like, I just love the attacks on Matt Gates. You know, of course, he was accused of doing some pretty reprehensible stuff. Ultimately, it was found no criminal charges were filed against him, which is saying, and I believe they said he didn't do the things he was accused of. But of course, everything lives on the internet forever. An allegation can be false and it mm-hmm. lives forever. And people are saying, well, Gates this and Gates that and didn't Gates. I'm not defending Matt Gates and saying Matt Gates is a great guy. I'm not even saying he's a good congressman. I'm cheerleading that Matt Gates is holding the Republicans accountable. I think all the spending's wrong. They're like, well, he voted for blah, blah, blah under Trump, and I was against that. I do not care. This is not Matt Gates is the greatest congressman in the history of ever day on the Kendall and Casey show. This is a day where we are applauding <laughs> that someone finally held the government accountable. Okay, so did you see what Erin Houchin tweeted out? She said Matt Gates is nothing more than a chaos agent oh. working with Democrats to halt oh. our progress. Mm-hmm. This <laughs> motion to vacate is a sad cry for attention and derails our conservative agenda. So let's remind everyone who Erin Houchin is and then we'll go back to that quote. So hold that up there for me for just a second. Sure. Because this is uh, this is my day. So in terms of my day, we're going <laughs> to continue things that will bring me great joy, and that is telling everyone who Erin Houchin is. Erin Houchin ran unsuccessfully for U.S. Congress in 2016. She was resoundingly defeated, and uh, the voters were told her services were not required. Instead of doing some self-reflection and, hey, why didn't I, whatever, she immediately becomes a state senator because, you know, like being in or holding on to or keeping a real job just wasn't in the, you know, as a top priority for her. So she becomes a state senator. Basically, from the time she becomes a state senator, she then begins to focus not on the job of being a state senator, but her primary focus becomes how can I get back into the U.S. House of Representatives, which is the job I actually wanted. And then when the U.S. House seat became open in what was that? That would have been 20. That was last year that she got there. 2022. She quits on her constituents in the middle of. Of the session last year. Remember, you Mm -hmm. may have not. Were you here when we covered Mm -hmm. this? She quit in the middle of the session, not because she was ill, not because she had a family member that was in need. She admitted, I'm quitting to focus on running for the U.S. House of Representatives. So her constituents, as an Indiana state senator, were left without representation in the middle of, 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 of of a session and this person is going to judge anyone based on their behavior as an elected official. And by the way, she was very concerned about the progress. Mm-hmm. What progress would that be, Aaron? Okay, so yeah, she said it's uh, it derails the conservative agenda. <laughs> and so far, the conservative agenda has been just the status quo. <laughs> also, Newt Gingrich is saying that Matt Gates should be... 
immediate expulsion. Well, again, Newt Gingrich, you can go look up his record in the House and look at why he resigned and the, uh, well, the ethics issues that he had. Again, rich for Newt Gingrich to be judging anyone about behavior in the government. Again, Mm -hmm. this is why I love this, Casey. This is why this is my day. I tweeted it out yesterday at Rob M. Kendall, (laughs) of the the meme of, or the gif or whatever, it's called a flounder on Animal House going, oh boy, is this great. Mm -hmm. Because this is a great day because these people, the whole apparatus is showing you what they are. The whole Republican power structure is showing you what they are and what they care about and what their priorities are. And it's not you and it's not their accountability. Okay, uh, Kevin, can you cue up number 13 before we get into break? Let's actually listen to something that Kevin McCarthy said. He gave a really long goodbye. He said at the end of the day, keeping government open and paying our troops was the right decision. He stands by that decision. Uh He uh, said that he He's never he he's not going to run for speaker again, and he has no regrets. Doing the right thing isn't always easy, but it is necessary. I don't regret standing up for choosing governing over grievance. It is my responsibility. It is my job. I do not regret negotiating. Our government is designed to find compromise. I don't regret my efforts to build coalitions and find solutions. I was raised to solve problems, not create them. That's a, that's a dig at Matt Gates. Now, we can go in two directions here. It's been a lot of coverage today about Kevin McCarthy and wait, Matt Wait, wait, wait. Time out. Time yeah. out. Before we go to that, and I didn't mean to cut you off, but yeah. I've just got to make the point here. He acts like he was some ferocious warrior for some greater betterment or good, like he was a, a marcher in Selma or something of that level of importance. Like he, like this was, he is robbed of some, like some great injustices occurring because he was held accountable for violating the very agreement that he, these people are gross, Casey. Well, you know Casey. the choice they have, Rob, is they can either play the victim or the hero. Which one's it going to be? He's playing a little bit of both in this. So do you want to hear, uh, after the news yes. break, do you want to hear from some people who are running for president their thoughts on this mm-hmm. topic? Or do you just want to completely switch gears and cover some other stories? Oh, no, this is my day, Casey. <laughs> this is my day, and I'm soaking it all in. Because uh, there are some, there was a big win for the little guy, Wilson Farm Market. Uh, they're going to stay. No, and not, not with Drew Eminent Domain. Casey, so we can Wilson co- Farm we Market covered all the I love you, Wilson's Market, and mm-hmm. I think you're great. This is my day, Casey. It's my party. <laughs> and uh, we just, more, more, more. There's a, there's a jumbo Powerball more, jackpot more, climbing more, to one point. $2 billion. Our speaker. Michael speaker. Jordan worth $3 billion. Costco raising its membership fees. You want to keep going with McCarthy. All right. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. He replied, yes. Jim Jordan. He's the first one to publicly come out and say, yep, he'll run to be the next house speaker. Well, I mean, look, there's some people who are elated about that. My my question is going to be the same thing it was with McCarthy. What do you plan to do about federal spending? Mm-hmm. What tools are you willing to use to fix it? If you are not willing to shut the federal government down to fix the spending, then you're not going to solve it. I mean, we can all it's like Remember in those adventure novels you used to read when did they have those when you were a kid mm-hmm. like in the 30s did they have uh <laughs> did they have those novels it, it to go down the cave turn to page 37. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
we can go ahead and skip three or four steps in the adventure novel and just get to the very end, which is, are you willing to shut down the federal government to fix spending? If the answer is no, then you're not going to fix it. Then I am against you. If you are willing to do that, then tell me more. I'm willing to hear. Okay. So Jim Jordan, one of the names that's being tossed around. Uh, what about Steve Scalise? Number two Republicans, same same thing. You've also got uh, the House Majority Whip, Tom Emmer of Minnesota. I, 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 His not, name is being kicked. I'm around. not sure, Casey, how you can I can support someone though who supported Kevin McCarthy, because clearly your vote is your voice. Your vote is your consent. That's mm-hmm. why I leave most of my ballot blank when I go in to vote each time, because my vote is the consent or the support of the people running. I'm not for, I never vote on something just because, well, I got to vote for one of these two people. No, leaving it blank is my statement of, I'm not consenting to what I know you will, will be. I'm not supporting that. I'm not sure, even though Jim Jordan has a great track record of saying nice things, well, how is he really any different than Jim Banks? He voted for Kevin McCarthy. He was a ardent supporter of Kevin McCarthy, essentially from the get-go. So if you support that, then why would I trust you that you would actually get the problem solved that needs to be solved? Now, I'm willing to listen, but I don't I don't really I think I would have a really hard time being supportive of someone who voted for Kevin McCarthy. It's just it's the same picture, right? It's the same picture. Okay, so Donald Trump said, yes, he would do it if he was asked. He would do whatever's best for the country and for the Republican Party. Uh, so let's listen to what some of the other candidates oh, have to say. Okay, very good. Uh, we're going to start off with uh, Vivek Ramaswamy. He said chaos was the point, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. Is whether chaos is really such a bad thing in times such as these. When we live in a moment where we have a border crisis at our southern border, where there are tens of thousands of illegal migrants crossing per week, driving an epidemic of lawlessness across this country, are we sure that that status quo is what we want? Or is a little chaos really such a bad thing? It's a you versus them. He's right. Now, he's sketchy and I'm not sure we could trust him but he's right. <laughs> this is no longer Republican versus Democrat. If you're out there in listener land, it's you versus them. These Republicans, none of them. I mean, you think about all of Indiana's delegation voted to keep Kevin McCarthy. All seven Republicans voted to keep Kevin McCarthy. So wherever you're hearing my voice from in this state, mm-hmm. your representative, representative mm-hmm. told you what what they are. Okay, Uh, here's Ron DeSantis. He says Americans are frustrated with D.C.'s lack of urgency on the border, inflation, and the crime infesting our cities, and that we need leadership. And what I see up there is I see just a lack of leadership. Uh, I see uh, a Republican majority that hasn't delivered what it promised to deliver. But I also see a lot of political theater and performative stuff where people are fundraising or whatnot, a lot of chaos. And you're just not going to be successful uh, if everything is constantly in a state of chaos. I mean, there needs to be leadership. uh, There needs to be a common agenda. And you got to be able to marshal people uh, to be able to get that done. And so there's a lot of Frustration When I'm in Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina, a lot of frustration with the state of the country and then really the lack of urgency that I think a lot of people in Washington uh, have had for, for quite some time. The border's never been worse. Inflation and interest rates haven't been this bad in 40 years. Uh, we have crime infesting cities. Uh, so what so what did he say? He didn't say anything. He sounds to me like he's more on the side of Matt Gates. but you're right. He, he said a lot of nice things 
words that you want to hear. Yeah, okay, we okay. need leadership. Yeah, so this tells you a lot about DeSantis, right? I mean, Casey, ask me, do you do you Rob? Did you support the removal of Kevin McCarthy? Rob, did you support the removal of Kevin McCarthy? Absolutely, yes, one hundred percent, without debate or discussion. See how easy that was. Mm-hmm. Did you get, do you have any idea whether DeSantis would have voted to remove Kevin McCarthy based on that clip? No, I don't. But I'm getting the impression that he was on the side of Matt Gates because he was saying. Did say it. He, well, he did say there was a total lack of leadership. And to me, that's a dig at McCarthy. But, it, but. Because how, he said there's no urgency in but, the border. We're dealing with inflation, crime. None of the problems have been solved. But, but how. To me, but, that's a dig at but, McCarthy. But we heard Victoria Sparts say basically that exact same thing yesterday on this radio station, and then she goes out and votes to not remove him. Okay, well, you know what? Let's go to Chris Christie, because you know what he had to say about this situation? I don't, I don't want to tell you. I'm just, let's just roll it. Uh, Eric, look, you know, we all should unite behind them. He doesn't have a good word to say about any of us, whether it's the people who have been for him or the people who have been against him. Why would we unite behind him? He doesn't have a good word to say about anybody. And the only time he has a good word to say about anybody is if you kiss his behind. Okay, you know what? You don't even know who he's talking about. Oh, I totally do. It's Donald Trump. Yes, he's not even talking about Kevin McCarthy. So you've got Vivek saying, you know, chaos is okay sometimes. Ron DeSantis, not directly, but kind of saying, you know, he supports Matt Gates, And then Chris Christie doesn't even talk about it. He's still on the Trump thing. But think about this is the leadership of this country. And these are the front runners in the party or the people who are running who are on television. I realize, like, Christie has as much chance of winning as I do. But they're on the stage. They're showing up in polls. It is sketchy guy mm-hmm. who won't exactly give you a clear answer. It's polished guy who won't give you a clear answer. And then this guy who's, who's talking about talking someone to, different. Yeah, who's who won't even mention it. Okay, and finally, Mike Pence <laughs> says that he's deeply disappointed course, over yes. Kevin McCarthy's ouster. He said, chaos is never America's friend, and it's never a friend of American families that are struggling. Oh, so look, and I tweeted this out yesterday. You can find mm-hmm. it at Robin Kendall on Twitter. Uh, Mike Mikey is very upset because, well, if anybody was going to be upset about a big government, big spending, unaccountable government supporting Republican who loves the military industrial complex, it would certainly be Mike Pence. All right, we've got Abdul who's going to join us next. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Woke up this morning feeling fine. There's something special on my mind. Last night I met a new girl in the name 93 WIBC. It is the Kendall and Casey Show and Rob all look who it is. You've got it down yourself now. <laughs> he's an author. He's a broadcaster. He's a provocateur. He's an attorney at large. The one and only Abdul Kibshabaz. Hello. Just back from court. Uh, <laughs> you know, is your slogan still, if I don't win, your pizza's free? No, a reasonable doubt for a reasonable oh, fee. Oh, that's right. Yes, very good. And we'll fire for you up until your last time. They'll have you take out a loan. Uh- <laughs> 
All right. We had you on Monday because you had the big news about the poll in the mayor's race, which shows uh, Joe Hogsett leading Jefferson Shreve. But you have added more of the poll up at IndyPolitics.org. Some really interesting things going on about how people are feeling about the city of Indianapolis as a collective. Yes. Uh, what we did was uh, we polled September 24th, 25th, 400 likely voters and a margin of error of 4.9%. Uh, and they used a company called ARW Strategies. They pulled for me uh, in the past. We got some help uh, from our friends at Crossroads uh, Public Affairs to sort of finance this thing. And what we found uh, was that uh, right track, wrong track. You know, is the city on the right track or the wrong track? Only less than a third, 27% said the city was on the right track. 54% said the city was on the wrong track. Is that low? Because people are inherently likely to hate their government. But that sounds low even for even for considering that. Uh, no, that's, that's about right. Oh, is it? Yeah, because... Because uh, from from what I've been feeling for the last couple of years, things just haven't felt right in Indianapolis. So like it's been sort of a drift and going in the wrong direction, and our and our polling sort of bears bears this out. Now we did ask uh, if the election were held today, would you vote for Joe Hogsett or Jefferson Shreve? Obviously, Marion County is a Democratic county, uh, and Joe polled forty-seven to thirty-seven. But here's what's interesting: Democrats usually have a sixty, thirty-five, forty lead in Marion County just for, on straight ticket voting. So for Joe to be under under that 60%, and matter of fact, under 50%, shows that he's vulnerable. Now, there are about 16% of the voters in our, in our survey said they were undecided, which means Jefferson has a shot of, of winning those voters, but that, that window gets smaller and smaller every day. Did you guys break it down into what is the most concerning? Uh, yeah, we asked uh, what was the biggest issue uh, facing voters in uh, Indianapolis, and obviously the big issue was crime. Yeah. Crime had a plurality, 43, 44 44%. But, but on that topic, and we talked about this on State House Happenings, and this is what's interesting. By the way, you can see all of this stuff up. It's very well marked for you, indiepolitics.org. Shreve, this should be a slam dunk for Shreve on the crime stuff, and it's the difference is negligible. Exactly, because we we asked the question was, you know, which candidate would you believe be better deal with crime in Indianapolis? They're both tied. Mm. 38, 37%, once again, 24% unsure or didn't know. Uh to me, that tells me that no one can tell the difference between Hogsett's anti-crime plan and Jefferson Shreve's. You said, you said something else in State House Happenings that was interesting, and we've talked about this. He has too many consultants. He has too much money. He's listened to too many people. Yes. What do you, what, it should, you should basically say with your three core issues and focus on that and that alone. And I think, uh, because we also asked who would be, before, who would be more effective in dealing with gun-related violence. Yeah. And once again, there are tied 38 36 26 24 percent undecided that tells me that the that the public can't really tell the difference between a joe hogshead plan or jefferson tree plan and there's a reason why they can't tell the difference because they're basically the same so he's not being clear concise and consistent so I have to ask you, he just came out and said that he would donate his salary, Jefferson Tree, yeah. donate his salary to the animal shelters or something along that line. Uh, is that going to help him? I mean, it I, sounds I, like he's throwing another ingredient I, into I, I, the I think that will help uh, as you target those undecided so, so those undecided voters and also those one-issue voters. For example, if, you, if, you're, if your one issue is you know, animal care control mm-hmm. and it's just a mess over there uh, these days and- that that helps. Once again, it's what it's it's it, it, right now is urban warfare. It yeah. is it is house to house street fighting. It is, it is World War One. Here's no man's land. Here's here's a Maginot line or whatever that thing is. Almost called it something else. I had to catch myself for a second there. <laughs> it, it, it's that. It's 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 street fighting. Okay. Uh, the prosecutors race last year because you, uh, Cindy Carrasco, who I'm sure you're good friends with. I mean, she was super well liked by all the establishment Republicans, right? 
I mean, yeah. And by all accounts, ran a, about as good a campaign in Mary County as you're going to run. She lost 59.4% to 40.6% to Ryan Mears. So the fact that Hogsett, you know, and let's see how the undecideds play out, which could dramatically alter the final total. But right now, the fact that Hogsett is only at 47% shows how vulnerable he really is. Exactly. And the other thing to keep in mind, too, is at this point in the game, if you're voting for Joe Hogsett, Unless he's called with live boy, dead girl, or both, you're probably not going to change your mind. If you vote for Jefferson Shreve, the exact same thing. Live boy, dead girl, both. So now the fight is for those undecided voters. And the, the question is, will the undecided voters show up? Yeah. And will they will they and who will they vote for? I think I think the undecided voter is more likely to lean Jefferson Shreve because if you're going to vote for the incumbent, you're going to vote for the incumbent and stay right there. Do do undecided traditionally break for the challenger? Is that right? The theory is you can ask Jim when you when you, uh, when the next time you talk to him. I want to say undecided usually go two to three, uh, two to one for the challenger. Yeah. Okay. But so, so but, he, but Joe is close enough to that fifty percent mark right. that he can still pull it off. All right, Abdul's our guest. Let's switch gears real quick. Casey and I did a, a talked about this at length uh, earlier this week. This big tax panel that's been put together at the state house. And part of that is they're addressing what sort of taxes should we cut. Uh, obviously, Su- Suzanne Crouch has made this income tax uh, elimination the center of her campaign. So a lot of conversation about that. Luke Kenley, who was the appropriations chair of, for years in the Senate, as establishmenty as you're going to get, comes out and says... He was at my wedding. How, how much establishment do you get to that? So was everyone. <laughs> and so the point on all of this... <laughs> is that he has said now the exact same thing that we have said, I have said, which is if you want to help people, you need to fix the property tax. Will it coming from Luke Kenley actually have an impact on these people? Because right now when we say it, they just laugh at us and give us a middle finger. Can he actually move the needle on this? I, th- I think he can because uh, it's, it's like I mentioned on State House Happenings. It's the difference between your wife calling you an idiot and your next door, your neighbor across the street calling you an idiot. Yeah. If your neighbor across the street calls you an idiot, well, that's just my neighbor. If your wife calls you an idiot, okay, maybe I need to do some reevaluation here. So when Luke Kinley says, hey, we need to focus on property taxes, he's got the street cred, he's been in the legislature, he's done this before a couple of times, uh, people listen. Don't you think the other part of it... Go ahead, Casey. Oh Well, I was just going to ask, because Rob had said that Kenley is just as establishment-y as they come, which is a nice word. Is there any... What I do. Ch- I'm a wordsmith, Casey. Yeah. It's what I do. I, I, More I, like word salad smith. <laughs> well, is there any chance that Kenley does this intentionally to derail Crouch's campaign? Mm, no, not really, because uh, Luke Kenley's retired, uh, so he has no, no dog in the governor's fight anymore. He just wants to see Indiana do well. Uh, but like I said, when Eric Holcomb called him and asked him, like, hey, can you do the, the health care thing? Luke Kenley did it, stepped up to the plate. And I think you got the same thing here with, with property taxes and, and tax reform. I, like I said, I don't think Kenley's a big fan of eliminating the income tax, because unless you're going to replace it with something, because that's an $8 billion hole you're going to put in your in your budget. So from that perspective, I don't think he's trying to derail anything. He's just, hey, you guys asked me my opinion. Here it is. I can go back to Texas now. Okay. Uh, and, and here's the other part. We got into this with Jim Merritt earlier in the show. According to Capital Chronicle, he identified two major issues with property taxes. And we're going to keep reminding everybody, because when it comes from him, you can't say, oh, it's, it's a radical right-wing MAGA Republican. It's a guy who was beloved in the system saying the same thing we're saying. Local school operating referendums, according to Capital Chronicle, their levies aren't necessarily working as intended. 
and local units and their legal advisors have found ways to play the system. That is the exact thing we've been saying here for years and years and years. These local governments have totally manipulated and abused the intent of those referendums, and this whole property tax system is now a mess. Well, the thing, what you got to keep in mind is whenever there is a system in place, it's like I jokingly said uh, during State House Happenings, government regulation is is the mother of innovation because the more government rules you put in place, the more people are going to look to get around the rules. Uh, not, not to get off track here, when I was in Nevada uh, a couple years ago, because um, Nevada has legalized marijuana, so I was in a dispensary just kind of looking around. Yeah. Sure. And so, like, hey, uh-huh. I want to use my credit card. Like, sure. well, you can't use your credit card because the banking laws don't allow for us to do credit card transactions. How what you can do is you can buy a gift card for the amount of uh, whatever you want to pay, and then use the gift card to pay for whatever you want. Like, that is what's going to save America from the Chinese. That type of innovation. And so you can so you get the same thing, but in reverse with property tax and tax reform. The the, the, the more complicated the system, the easier it is to come up with the works and find, a, and find a technicality. I would just like to point out that you just said government regulation is the mother of invention. Yes. I thought necessity was the mother of invention. Well, necessity, so, is, the, necessity is the adopted mother of invention. So, well, according <laughs> to you, government regulation is equal to necessity? Ah! Well, if you think about it, it's, 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 it's two different things kind of going, going, going toward the same thing. Is, is, is If I want to complicate the tax system... Then okay, then someone's gonna, someone's going to pay me the lawyer to look for a loophole or a way they can get around the yeah. tax system because that's just the way that's how people are. Yeah, you put a rule in place, someone's going to look for a way to get around it. Yeah. All right, we got to go. Kate, uh, what, by the way, before, what are you doing now? Are you working this weekend? Are you doing anything yes, to help? Yes, yes, yes. I'm working this weekend. What, who's on your show? Uh, Adam, uh, our Andrew Reiser, our pollster. We're going to talk about the poll we did. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, we're going to be interviewing Adam Wren, just saw the, saw oh. the state of Indiana politics these days. Uh-huh. And also, a good friend of mine named Alexander Hudson she wrote a book called "The Soul of Civility," with uh, just how we can be polite and civil to each other because things have gotten out of control in this country. Just look at <laughs> Washington D.C. Abdul at large. You can hear him Saturdays one to three here on ninety three WI. And find all the polling information over at IndiePolitics.org. You're the best. Thank you. Thank you. And that's going to do it for us today. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Kevin. And thank you for listening today. We're going to catch you back here tomorrow. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.